0: You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. So I wrestled with God a little bit on the message today. So I wrote a message. What we're doing, when we're we're in between practices, we've been going through the book of Luke. And we're making our way through that. And when we finish that, we'll look at another book. Now, what I do, I pick... And choose different parts out of Luke, and we try to go in order, sometimes we can't. And I looked at it and I read this section, I thought, and it was called The Cost of Following Jesus. And I thought, church is tired, (laughs) we're struggling in different areas. I don't want to talk about the cost. So I skipped over it, thought I'll come back to it. And I went and looked at the transfiguration where Jesus goes up the mountain, shows his glory and thought, that's fun. That's what we'll talk about. And I wrote, and I felt this little voice say, you skipped a bit. Okay. So That's all right, we'll go back to it, God. We do do that, it's okay. It's not evil to do that. Um, I thought that's what our church needed this morning is encouragement. And then I finished, well, I finished the bare bones of my sermon around the transfiguration and I get to the end and I just feel unrested and unpeaceful about what I've prepared. And I hear this little voice go, you skipped a bit. <laughs> so I went back yesterday and I prepared a message around the cost of discipleship, the cost of Jesus. And so a bit heavier today as we look at the cost, but I believe God's in it. and. Of course he is, because as I unpacked it, it does suit where we're at with the transformation trek, the rule of life, and a bunch of other things. And so I just pray this morning it's received in the way that it's heard, which is hard, but for your benefit, before our benefit, which is the way Jesus delivered it. So let's, let's have a look at this scripture today luke 9:21. we'll have a read and we'll have a bit of unpack around this passage where we are in luke if you're just new we've been going through luke really since last year with little series in between so you can actually go online and find all our sermons leading up to this if you want to catch up it would be a great great thing to do and it's all there so the whole back catalog but let me read luke 9:21. there's bibles there if you want to read along or on the screen so this is after Jesus has, they've said who they think Jesus is. Peter said the Messiah, and we, ca- we take off from there. Je- Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed on the third day, and be raised to life. Then he said to them, or oh, whoever wants to be my disciple... My follower, my student, is another way to say that, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. What, is it good, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very self or soul in other translations? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Luke nine, twenty-one. Just a quick recap to give you some context about this verse. We find ourselves in the thick of Jesus' ministry. Things are really happening. He's feeding people. He's healing people. He's getting disciples to feed and heal. It's quite amazing. The crowds are growing. There's hype. There's talk about who this man could be. And this is what we, we even explored the conversation just before this, which I'll just read a little bit of it. He actually says to them, because of the hype and the chatter around who Jesus is, just before this, he says this, Who do the crowd say I am? It says in Luke 9.18. And they replied, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, so they're doing all the big names. Others say a prophet of long ago, and he says, what about you? And Peter answers, God's Messiah. They're starting to figure out his importance, that he may be the most important, Peter is starting to wonder. Is he the prophesied saviour? You can just imagine the excitement at this point the disciples saying this is awesome we made the right choice dropping those nets and following him because this is incredible you can imagine they're thinking free food did you see how what he did with those free food a bit of fame maybe some fortune we know judas was thinking that this is exciting we get a bit of attention here there are crowds this is happening we might be able to take down rome we might be able to start a revolution this is exciting We know they had this conversation because Jesus tells them off at another part for having a debate on who's the best disciple, who's the greatest. So we know they had these conversations. Who do you reckon is the best one? This is awesome. It's at this point in Jesus' ministry, he lays a very hard truth. He says, actually, guys, it's not all loaves and fishes. (laughs) There's a cost to following me. And he does this in what would have been the most offensive way. They don't know he's going to die yet. So they don't get, oh, we get it. It's the symbolism of the cross. We get it. They don't understand any of that. He uses the current worst or ever worst torture device, but the current way the Romans show their power in the way they kill people, they hang people on this cross. And what they do is they make them walk the cross towards their death. And he says, following me is a call to carry your cross. Following me is being becoming or knowing that you're a dead man walking. Not the best marketing slogan if you wanted someone to join up. Follow me and you're a dead man or woman walking. He's referencing a couple of deaths here. A literal death. And that was true for most of the disciples at that time. And we know, of course, Jesus. And we know that's true for many people around the world still today. Hasn't gone away. People die for their faith. He's talking about family and friends later on. So he talks about a social death. Following him might result in a social death. Death of influence, death of empire. And he's talking about an ego death talks here about the death of oneself in saving his soul. A death of your own, in a sense, your own greatness. All three, all true, all talking about what happens, what can happen as the cost of following Jesus. So heavy was this message that in each of the Gospels about this time, the crowd start leaving. When he starts talking about this, in each of the Gospels, it shows the crowds go, oh, we were here for the bread and loaves, whether loaves and fishes. We weren't here for this. And they start to leave. In fact, the disciples consistently from this point on act confused when this comes up. They deny it. They ignore it. They almost cover their ears. So when the crucifixion happens, even though it's been foretold, they're just like, what is this? We didn't expect this if only someone told us. Because they don't want to hear this. And it is a hard message, the cost of following Jesus. Particularly in 2022, I reckon it's really hard. We find today apps that hunt the best bargains. We find the cheapest wholesale deals. We have the whole internet at our disposal to find the best deals, the best bargains. We live in the top 10% of the world, if you live in Australia, in wealth and what we have in comfort and leisure. Sometimes our biggest issue in the West as churches is not that today we'll be raided and possibly killed or let go of our work or our whole career and life taken from us. It's the biscuits weren't the right ones in morning tea. (laughs) We're comfortable in, in a global sense. So it's really hard to talk about cost with us it was hard for me I had to pray about it God had to remind me that this is central to his message and I've been having a think about it and I want to show you a couple of clips that hopefully help us understand help me understand around the cost of discipleship the first one is coming up now it's from Kung Fu Panda Ah. The scroll has given him I used to hate it when I showed clips as a kid in church because now all you want to do, you don't want to hear the rest of the sound. You want to watch the rest of that. You can go home, i give you permission, Kung Fu Panda. You can watch it even if there's no kids around. You're allowed to. It's a great film. Um, I want to show you another one that came out a couple of months after Kung Fu Panda called The Little Fighting Panda. Um, came out less heard of. I'm going to show you just a short clip from that as well. I was chatting with my boss at the club and before I knew it, I was, make it snappy. Yes, Right away, Master Jin. I swear I won't be late again, I promise. (sighs) Hmm. (laughs) Ah. Hmm? Mm -mm. Your mind wanders all over the place. Me? Wander? Of course not. Too much confusion can make you seem mentally unstable. I think you are unstable. What's weighing you down? Well... You know, I've always been a little pudgy. (laughs) Mm. That's not what I meant. What burdens your mind? Well, there's this girl. We work together down at the club, see? And I think she's really neat and everything. But she doesn't even know I exist. I was chatting... (laughs) So, maybe hard to tell. Can anyone see a couple of differences between these two? There's only slight differences. Anyone want to call out? (laughs) The quality... (laughs) The violence, no violence. The second one probably has a little bit of violence. But mostly that's what I'm looking at, the quality. I'm joking. One is the peak of human technology around animation, around sound, brought out by DreamWorks, or Pixar didn't make that one, but DreamWorks. It's, it's incredible what they can do now, what they make, the the, the landscapes, the animation. It's incredible. And then you have... Possibly the cheapest, soulless money grab as possible. Some studios quickly whipped up the little panda, bought it out a couple of months ago later, hoping parents for Christmas would go, oh, my kids are into the panda, <laughs> and I'd buy that one. Where they barely function, they do that thing where they walk and animate like that. It's cheap, it's nasty, it's gross. <laughs> Turns out, with great cost, often creates great value. When you put the time in and work in, the difference is day and night. One is the peak of animation. One is how can we make a quick dollar by putting a panda in it? It's not even animated right. And this is what got me thinking. You see, if we understand this, we understand this in heaps of areas of our life, I think. We understand if you like the gym, if you like fitness, we understand to get the best out of that, you're going to cost. It's gonna, you're going to have to work out. It's going to cost you time and energy and effort to get the best out. You talk to a successful businessman or woman, they will tell you the hours they've put in, the time, the cost. They know that to get a valuable outcome, there's a cost to it. But when it comes for some reason to discipleship or mission, I reckon we struggle as, not just, when I say church, I'm not talking about just us. I'm talking about the Western church. We struggle with this idea that there would be a cost. We understand it when it comes to Anzac Day, don't we? We remember the cost for our freedom. But when it comes to Christianity, I can't speak for you. I think I struggle. I struggle to realise the cost. And there's two reasons I think I struggle and maybe you are late. One of these reasons is I'm a white Gold Coast guy who lives in a time where medicine, where most people live past 30, which hasn't always been the case. I can't remember the last time, if I'm honest with you, that I was actually hungry. I'm not talking about driving past (laughs) something unhealthy or looking what's in the fridge. I can't remember the last time that I was actually like starving like I need to eat or thirsty and for me and I know this is not the case for people here too but I can't, I was never, I've never been homeless so I've never really been without personally so I struggle with di- discipline and cost the second reason I think I struggle is grace the grace of God we just remembered this my salvation was even easier I don't need to sacrifice a goat today. I don't need to climb a mountain. I don't need to be perfect. I don't even need to be Mother Teresa or someone like that to secure my soul for eternity, to connect myself back to the Creator, to bridge that gap or break those barriers down. It's already been paid for. We just remember that. And so I get a bit selfish. or I just don't understand the cost. It was a free gift. I forget that that cost Jesus, that freedom, that rescue came at a cost. Even the way we live in Western society, I won't go on this for too long, but do you realize, yes, we've had some bad moments in history, 100%, and yes, the church has not been perfect. But do you realize every single book is influenced by the first book? Do you realize our society and laws are influenced by the Bible, whether you're Christian or not? There's a reason. I've said this before, but there's a reason every hospital is called St. John, St. Peter's, St. Paul. Because that was the church idea. That was the church. We live on top of generations of churches rebuilding, rethinking in the name of Jesus. And for most part, most of the good in our society comes from that very soul, that, that that very teaching, that very biblical principles. So I live on top of that. It's hard to understand the cost. It's hard to talk about the cost. I benefit from two thousand years of Christians trying their best to create and build and develop a society around Jesus and his ways. So, it's easy to forget the cost, and therefore, it's easy to value what we have. Here's my fear, and here's why I bring it up today. Here's why I think it speaks to 2022. We're in a moment in the Western world where those foundations are being destroyed. Some of that is good, some of our foundations are not good. But some of that is really bad. And so we run the risk as a church, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about, I spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, martyr, spy, German theologian. He calls it, we run the risk of Western church of selling what he calls wholesale grace or cheap grace. Doing the same things we've always done, even though it's 2022 and we live in a completely different world. Even though Christ calls us to reach every new generation to press and make new wine, he says, we run the risk of worshipping. And again, when I say we, I'm not talking about this room. It's not, don't look to the person beside you and think he's talking about. It. No, no, no. We, as a Western church, run the risk of worshipping building because we've had it easy. Worshipping people's personalities. How many pastors need to fall and people need to be devastated because they were semi-worshipping their leader? (laughs) Style. We can worship style. We can be caught up in comfort and leisure. I joke about the biscuits and I don't think I've ever had a complaint about the biscuits. But we know sometimes that is the worst thing about church is the biscuits have been wrong. We run the risk of selling a cheap grace and we forget the deep cost of discipleship and mission kind of selling grace as a ticket to sit in church for the rest of our life put your hand up type of thing great you've invited jesus into your heart doesn't exist in the bible never says invite jesus into your heart i'm not being pedantic talks about following jesus and following him yes the holy spirit but then following him yes ton of people Became Christians because they put their hand up in church. There's nothing wrong with that as long as we carry on discipleship through that. We run the risk, church and Western church, if we don't address this, if we don't talk about the hard cost and discipleship of Jesus, we run the risk of looking like this. Not a literal panda. We run the risk of looking like a cheap. Knock off of something that was great. We lose the very thing. We kind of look like a panda. We kind of look a little bit like he's learning kung fu. We get the, the vibe of it, but we lose the heart, the soul, and the cost of it, and the value. So we just pretend. We run the risk of just pretending and playing church and just being a money grab, in a sense. That's what we get accused of at our worst. All churches. A kind of cheap knockoff of what church could be, of what the Christian body could be. So inside we become churches that are still filled with anxiety and fear. We haven't changed. We're still angry or controlling like the rest of the world. We're clicky, unable to expand our table and welcome more people like Jesus did. We're unloving, we're uncaring. For some, of, for some of us in the Western world, we're still lost because we're playing pretend. And I say this with such conviction because it is happening right now. Again, don't look at the person beside you. This is not an attack on our local community. But please understand, people are leaving churches in droves over the last two and a half years. They're not going to other churches. They're just not going. Why? Because they found the pretendingness of the church is not what they were promised. It's a weird-looking panda. <laughs> not so much here. I thanked you at the start. So I'm not actually not so much here. We, we, I believe this church values the community and has stepped up. So that's why I thanked you at the start. But we've got to be careful still. Church is going from four or five services that I know of down to two over this season. People are not coming back because they say, well, I've got my ticket to heaven. I can do that at home now. It's inconvenient. It costs me to get to church or it costs me to volunteer or it costs me to give of myself. I don't want that anymore. I just can have my ticket and my breakfast on Sunday morning too. And... Do you know what? When the church becomes that, a shell of what it was, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for coming, not coming back. This is the re- re- very real need of 2022. This is what is upon us, church, as we open back up and we start to gather again after whatever that pandemic was. Hopefully we don't look like a cheap, Alternative knockoff to what the church and the power of Jesus really is. Amen? Amen. All right, negativity over. Because there's hope. This is why I bring this message this morning. In every storm in society, in every storm in culture, in every storm in life, there was an opportunity for it to change and form and grow us. There's an opportunity here. And I believe with everything in me, this is an opportunity Burley has before it in 2022, like never before, to pick up the cross, to lean into the cost, to lean into God and each other like we never have before and see the formation that comes with it. To grow deep, not always wide. Although wide's fun, The loaves and fishes, the crowds are fun, but there are times for mountaintops to grow deep and resilient. To practice, not perform. To do something costly. To do the costly work of abiding in Jesus. To die to empire building. To die to being solely about politics or power or influence. To die to tradition to die with whatever we place Jesus with (laughs) and put him back in the center and say no on all things he is king not just on Sunday but in all things this is what Peter starts to realize when he says hang on I think you're the Messiah you're everything and in doing so I believe we can find new life or more life in death of ego and empire, I believe we'll find kingdom. We can continue as a church to find true, deep purpose, true peace—peace peace that people don't understand. I'm not talking about a great day out. In the, I had a great morning yesterday. Went out to the beach with a family, sat in the sun, watched the kids play. That was peaceful. We're not talking about that peace because that peace is fleeting. One of the kids will push the other kid over and then again they're fighting and then it's the opposite of peaceful. Then we've got sunburnt, thirsty kids saying they don't have enough water, they're hungry now and they want to they go for swimming swim in a pool and you're like, didn't you just go for a swim? like, yeah, but we want to swim in a different water, waterly bodily body. That peace, stuck, that peace is like this on a sad day. I want a deep, costly peace. A deep joy that transcends that. Amen. want to build something here not for me together that is good and beautiful in 2022 not some cheap knockoff of what church could be or you know what I mean I want to build something good and beautiful with us and dad and so that's the vision of this church no apology I didn't mean to land on our vision again but here we are this morning With more of us than I've seen in the room than in a couple of months. That's okay, we're coming back. But know this as you come back, that we are a church that is about that completely and utterly. That I as a pastor, my time and energy is about that. To be a church that follows Jesus and sees lives transformed. To gather around Jesus, to grow and become like Jesus, and to then because the world is so desperate, because they're sick of knockoffs of it, to go as genuine, transformed people that are becoming like Jesus into this world. Not perfect, but growing into Him. This is what we're about. All directions are through this lens. So how do I land this this morning? I want to land it with another passage that Jesus, just a couple of chapters later, he lands it for me. (laughs) Let me read it. He doesn't stop talking about this and it annoys the disciples. Every few teachings, he comes back to the cost of discipleship and it annoys them. They're saying, stop talking about it, Jesus. Stop. We don't want to hear that. Bring back the loaves and fishes. Bring back the miracles. Stop talking about the cost. But he won't stop because there is a cost, because there's value in becoming like Jesus. Let me read what he says and then we'll just give you a couple of application points. Luke 14:25 says this. Now, great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciples." Now quickly, I don't have a heap of time to go into that. He's not actually saying a literal hatred. We know that when he died, he said to John, "Look after my mum." think, <laughs> "Don't not care." He's saying "priorities in life. I'm saying, Put me number one." almost pursue me so hard that it's like you hate everything else because you love me that much whoever does not bear his own cross again and come after me cannot be my disciple for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it Otherwise when he's laid a foundation is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him saying the man began to build and was not able to finish or what the king going out to encounter another king of war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him. Who comes against him with twenty thousand, and if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore anyone who sorry, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. 2022. I've given you a long but also short version of what I perceive what I've prayed, discerned around in culture at the moment. And I don't have to convince you that. You just have to turn your TV on. The world is in need of genuine, real, deep, costly discipleship. They're craving a king for this kingdom. We can't offer them (laughs) the $2 panda. (laughs) That's where we're going. That's what we're about here. Full stop. How can we do that together? Well, I'm asking you this morning and next week as well, we're going to to hear some stories next week. I'm asking you to count the cost in this next season. What I mean is these two things. What's your part? One, your personal discipleship. Sit down however you want with your partner, by yourself, with your friends, with a group and count the cost. What's it look like to practice we're talking about the rule of life it's not the answer to everything but it's another tool to schedule your week in abiding again we're not earning favour with God he already loves us but we we want that value we want to live a life that is uh, participating with the divine and so count the cost it might hurt your sleep to wake up early to read the Bible that's what I'm saying It might mean a cost Sunday morning. I've talked about this before, our families and many of us, but I feel for our families that have young kids and try to drag them along Sunday morning. It's a cost, but it's worth it. Small groups, it's always awkward. Meeting people for the first time, getting to know people, but it's worth it, the cost. Do you have a small table here? Do you have people that are discipling each other, connecting with each other? Think about your personal discipleship. We've got the rule of life booklets out there. If you haven't had a look, all it is is a way to measure your life, measure what you do and say, hey, I could do, and I'm not going to go into it because I went into it two weeks ago, but maybe you need a little less Netflix and a bit more time with God, a little less phone app and more time in the word. It's about measuring it. Personal discipleship. Number one, that's what we're serious about at this church. Your personal discipleship. And number two, we the church. Your place in this church. What's your place in this church? We want you to have a place in this church. This church is not Steve Gray's church. This, not, this church is not Anne's church. This church is not Lockie's church. It's not, this church is not the board's church. It is our church. What's your place in this church? Where can you give of yourself towards this church? Where are you gifted? If you're not gifted, here you are gifted. If you don't know you're gifting, come and have a chat to me. It's one of my favourite conversations. If you don't know your place in this church, come and have a chat to me. Let's pray through that and work that out. We're going to look at more of that next week and we're going to talk about all the things the church is up to and if you can participate with us in that. I know the church is not the only way God moves. In your life. I'm not pretending that. I'm not pretending your whole life needs to be about the church. God does heaps of other things through people here that isn't directly related to the church. But it's a great way that we can do it together. Amen. Amen. And so, what's your place in the church? Again, I'm not beating people up. You should see this place. This is a thriving place all week of people serving and building. You should have seen, and we'll talk about it next week, but playtime. I'm seeing last week, we couldn't fit any more mums in the hall and kids. That's happening on a Monday. I see the ladies just sweating like I am this morning, cooking. Hundreds of meals going out that they're cooking. i oh, not saying we're not doing this, but this is what we will continue to do and grow even more into 2022 because I want to be a people of value, a people participating with a deep and rich and good and beautiful God. Amen. Amen. Two questions, personal discipleship and what's your place in the church? Love you to talk about it, think about it and let's come together for a really powerful 2022. Let me pray. We'll continue this conversation next week and at morning tea. Father God, thank you so much that you've covered the cost. You've covered the cost of our salvation. You've given us life on a cosmic level the wage of sin has been paid with your death. We only need to accept that. But, Father, right now we need to count the cost in this current culture. What does it take to abide in you? What does it take to put effort, not earn, but effort? What does it take to practice, not perform, for you? What does it cost? What do we need to die to in order to receive your life, your peace, your joy, your love, your generosity, your power? But we might need to give up some things. We will need to give up some things. And so, Father, stir within us. Help us count the cost. And, Father, may you grow an authentic genuine Jesus following church that's the real deal may it increase in 2022 let people see it and say that I don't know what that is but that's the real deal that's our prayer for this year Lord submit it to you in Jesus Christ's name Amen